0: You're listening to A Medical Miscellany, a curious casebook of brilliant discoveries, scientific advances, bizarre cures, and some downright quackery. Dr. Peter Kay and Sean Aita. Episode 6, Some More Diagnosis. Okay, morning, Pete. Morning, Sean. Hey, so in our last podcast, we were talking about the four elements and the humours. And we were discussing the fact together just before this podcast that, of course, Shakespeare um, was heavily involved in the idea of the four elements and uses it in uh, Twelfth Night, with Sir Toby Belch saying, Do not our lives consist of the four elements? And Sir Andrew Aguecheek replying... Faith, so they say, but I think rather it consists of eating and drinking. I am a great eater of beef, and I believe that does harm to my wit. And Toby says, were we not born under Taurus? Taurus? Uh, That's sides and heart. No, sir, it's legs and thighs. Let me see the caper. (laughs) <laughs> so they've, very they've good. Been, thank you very much indeed. A little bit of acting for today. Um, uh, essentially, I suppose. So Toby is also suggesting that, alongside the four elements, they're using the um, astrological chart. Yeah, the, zo- so the
1: Zodiac away. Man, where they, they associate bits of the body with the with the twelve um, phases of um, the astrological chart. Zodiac. The man. Zodiac Man. Oh, right, yes, never heard
0: yeah. of that. And yeah. is that like Vitruvian Man? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Looks similar, except he's got lots of sort of swords stuck through various parts of his body. Yeah. Swords,
0: okay fine uh, absolutely it's quite interesting the way actually people today um you know they believe that they're um the, the stars uh, yeah have an effect on their lives and absolutely
1: those beliefs are still absolutely alive yeah. and well in fact in particularly in india of course where astrological charts are still a very important part of a pre-marriage a marriage arrangement oh really you have to get your charts aligned when yes it's very still very important in india i didn't know that at yeah, all. yeah
0: yeah Mm, fascinating. Mm -hmm. Well, the fault is not in our stars, but in ourselves that we are underlings. Very good. come back to Shakespeare. Very good. And um, you were telling me also that Shakespeare's son-in-law was actually a doctor.
1: Yeah, he was was called Dr John Hall, he lived, um, well, you can still visit his ha- house, actually, called Hall's Croft. Yeah, in Stratford-on-Avon. Yeah, in Stratford-on-Avon, thank you. Grasping for that, my, yeah. back of my memory. <laughs> and he, yeah, I've been there. It's a lovely, very, worth it visit. Very interesting. Uh, but anyway, as far as we know, he never actually treated Shakespeare. But he, yes, he was, um, he, there's a very, fam- well, a very good play called The Herb Garden about him and his oh, wife, yeah, yes. Uh, yes, which I've we saw, that, yeah. which is good. Um, but anyway, Shakespeare, uh, yeah, he didn't treat Shakespeare. But what he did was he collected up all his best cases, what he thought it was were his best cases so he wrote a book it published a few years after he died he called it select observations which basically was all his eminent patients and famous cases and and what he was doing was saying you know aren't i good really this is how i treated this and this is how i treated that um and he you know he went around on horseback sometimes for 40 miles to visit a patient yeah and he was invited to go to london but he said no i don't to. i'll stay stay around here thanks very much but he was he was quite eminent and he was a contemporary of william harvey now william harvey was the chap who discovered the circulation of the blood Ah. In the same kind of era. But of course, uh, most doctors ignored that because that was science. It didn't, didn't have much to do with those days with, with seeing patients. How would
0: he manage to observe or, or figure out that the blood was circulating?
1: We'll have to t- cover that another time yeah. because it's a com- it's a complex, it's, really it's complex. a very worth, it's, it's worth, it's worth, worth po- a whole podcast that. In that case, we'll just mm. jump back from that. Because as you were
0: saying, um, uh, he wrote, Hall um, wrote the book Select Observations and mm. you've got it in your uh, collection of, um, you know, your medical miscellany, the, yeah. uh, the document that you've put together. And I was just uh, amused by reading in it that says here, his shortest case reads... John Eames of Alcester, age 15, was cured of pissing in the bed thus the windpipe of a cock dried and made into a powder, and with crocus martis given in a raw egg every morning. Which was presumably enough to stop anybody wetting the bed.
1: Wasn't it? You'd never wet it again if <laughs> it's somebody. It's great gave having you your there. acting voice reading, reading the parts. <laughs> this is brilliant. This is great. Um, yeah and um, it, it, at that time of course as we were saying earlier they didn't know what was going on inside the body it was all guesswork was yes, rebalancing yes. him so one of the ways they guessed was to take the urine from a patient in a, a glass jar which is called mm. a matula but of really? course it also known as a piss pot right and what they would do was take it they did the doctor didn't need to see the patient they would send the jar around to the doctor's house and say look he's just produced this what do you think <laughs> So it was called uroscopy. It was called diagnosing somebody by their urine. It was called uroscopy. Of course, it was a load of nonsense. But doctors got very, very sort of pontificating about what 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 was definitely the matter and what they should do. And actually, if you think about it, it was win win for doctors because if somebody comes and you look at it, you say, "Oh, they're very seriously ill. Yeah, yeah. I don't think they're going to make it." But I recommend this, and you send them back with this medicine. Yeah. Well, if it works, you're you're a genius. And if it doesn't, you say, "Well, I thought he was going to die anyway from the, from the urine." So you can't really <laughs> lose on that on that basis. Um, but um, there's a chap who wrote who was a a, a doctor at the time who was very scathing of it and I'm reading this from my book as well which must be one of the best um, titles of a a medical book ever written certain piss pot lectures wherein are newly discovered the old fallacies deceit and juggling of the piss pot science used by all those whether quacks and empirics or other method physicians who pretend knowledge of diseases by urine in giving judgment of the same (laughs) (laughs) he wasn't having it but um I think there's a bit in uh, i think there's a story as well in the bit about shakespeare's yeah. son-in-law yeah. further down um about him uh, one of his very eminent patients and it's interesting he puts this in the book because it's quite a criticism of him oh yeah okay i see that yeah um, uh, i
0: sent my boy to you this morning and carry my water and acquaint you with what danger and extremity i am fallen into in respect of my shortness of breath and the obstruction of my liver i did not expect to receive such a kind of excuse from you considering the dangerous estate i am in as may appear by my water, and can therefore, I think, it is not any town business that can hinder you, but rather that you have promised some other patient and would put me off with this excuse. And he had a point, didn't he, because he died shortly after that. <laughs> yes, three months later. Exactly,
1: yes. Boy, chap.
0: Yeah, so um, the, the funny thing you're saying about that you know there's there's no um value in uh, looking at urine and yet when i was suffering from my uh problems with the bladder etc the doctor would uh, look at my urine and say oh well you know that's too dark that's too mm-hmm. light mm-hmm. is that and they had a color chart it's yeah. almost like a yeah. series of t- cups of coffee that you have <laughs> you know like,
1: mm, what do you like black <laughs> Well, um, I, I may have, uh, as, as, as a politician I may have misspoke. It's not that there's no value in looking at urine. It's yeah. just not nearly as much as I used to pretend there was. Precisely, yes. <laughs> I mean, we know we now do look for, if somebody's dehydrated, obviously, it's very dark. It's yes. useful. If, uh, if somebody's jaundiced, it comes out very dark because yeah. the bile's in it. So if there's blood in it, it looks murky. Yeah. Or um, well, you can't always tell it's blood until you test it. But nowadays right. we can test it with these wonderful dipsticks we've got which are very clever inventions so we can tell we can tell if there's protein or blood or That's anything right, else in there. Um,
0: protein urea or something is mm. problematic isn't it? Is yeah something... if you get
1: protein leaking in your urine you get uh, uh, from, from kidney disease often. Kidney disease yeah. Um, that was uh, one of the first first that was one of the first special tests ever found discovered actually that. Okay
0: uh, and what is what does that mean what is the protein in your urea?
1: Well there shouldn't be um, proteins in urine it means it's leaking from a damaged kidney. I see. Um, and so it means I'm, basically. I'm just a
0: scientific idiot, so I don't really even know what pro, you know what protein
1: it would be or why. No, I don't either, to be honest. I, I just ah. we call it proteinuria. I mean, there shouldn't it shouldn't be there. I see <laughs> protein so in the urine.
0: In, anything you find in the urine that shouldn't be there, is it? It's not whatever it is. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. So um, this is one of the things you look. You know, it's routinely look for now in in a, in a, a doctor's surgery if you dip, if you dip at the urine you're looking for for blood or infection or white blood cells to show, show infection yeah or protein to show any, any um, there were
0: some some other bizarre kind of methods of diagnosis as well i was reading um, again in your uh, in your book about phrenology or the you know the um, study of bumps in people's heads yeah, yeah that
1: was a, that was a said to be a science at one time can't, can't remember his name france i think france Gore wasn't it yeah, i think who who, had, like who got very excited about it and, and studied lots and lots of people's heads and the, correlated their personalities with their various bumps on their heads and it became it became a rage. It became a real, you know. I think some quite eminent, uh, famous people had their yes. bumps read yes, by him. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Um, yeah. And of course, you know, from from our point of point of view nowadays, it sounds a lot of nonsense. But actually, in a way, he was onto something because we still, we now, you know, years later, discovered centuries later, we discovered this thing called localization of the brain. So parts of the brain we now know do control certain things, like there's a speech area, and there's okay. you know certain parts of the brain do are related to certain things. So in a way, he was onto something.
0: It's an interesting one, isn't it? The idea that the brain has particular areas that it controls because. Aren't there people who completely confound that? There are cases of um, somebody who barely had a brain yes, at all yeah, and that, still was functioning perfectly normally the, the, or hydrocephalus? Yeah, or there, there is of... a
1: case like that. Yes, I'd forgotten that. That was um, a man who, uh, I think a Frenchman, who was living a pretty normal life, yes. working and raising a family, and had a, a brain scan for some reason. He was discovered to have a huge area of fluid in the middle of his brain. The yeah. actual brain tissue was compressed around the edges of his skull. Uh, and yet was still living a pretty normal life. So it just shows how what is called what we call brain plasticity. If, you, if it happens slowly and gradually, as it had with him, because he'd had a, a hydrocephalus as a child, right. and then it, see, they thought it had been cured. So, but clearly it was still. An okay. issue all, all the way through his life until it presented with him. I think he had uh, presented with possibly fits or ah, headaches. I'm not so, sure. So, anyway,
0: can you, can you cure hydrocephalus? Then is that
1: well in children? You can. You can put a valve in now, Spitzhalter valve, it used to be called, um, to, 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 to where it's to, to drain the fluid because your, your brain has certain called ventricles in it, which right. are contained a cerebrospinal fluid, okay. uh, which flows right the way down your spinal cord and um, is part of the brain's way of providing food for itself. Ah. Um, but um, if that sometimes that blocks the the flow of the fluid blocks and you get a thing called hydrocephalus, right. which where in babies the skull gets too large. Yes, but often um, you can treat that now surgically by putting a valve in, is draining that, the fluid into the heart.
0: Is that a little bit like the idea of trepanning then, where they drill a hole in the the skull and something comes out? Is that
1: uh, that's interesting, isn't it? Trepanning and uh, that goes but goes back a long way. Trepanning doesn't it? Even Does it? Pre- prehistoric skulls have been found with trepanned holes in them. Really? Yeah. And um, not only that, but they found that the edges of the bone have healed. So therefore, the person must have survived the experience. That seems extraordinary. Yeah. yeah. And in the days of flower power in the sixties, uh, it became a bit of a rage amongst the hippies that they would trepan tr- each other. Um, yeah, they did. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they drill, drill holes in each other's skulls. Yeah, yeah, that became a bit of a fashion. Um, so, it is, and it is done medically for a thing called subdural hematoma. Okay. Sometimes, if you get a bruise in the brain, on the outside of the brain, yeah. Um, you get a collection of uh, blood and it starts to get a bit gradually bigger and bigger and bigger so the story often is of somebody often elderly who's yeah. bumped their head maybe just not too severely banged it on the cupboard kitchen cupboard or something like that really? and then a few weeks later they start to get muddled and confused and they can look a bit drunk and it can be quite difficult to spot the actual problem okay. particularly if they've got a history of drinking they come into casualty and they're a bit confused, a bit falling around and, and it can be difficult sometimes to spot the cause and if you do a, a brain scan you find this collection of blood called a subdural Hematoma collection outside between the skull and the brain pushing on the brain but it's very easy to get rid of because it's right on the just under the bone so you, you drill a, what's called a burr hole into the skull and you can drain it off
0: a burr hole,
1: burr hole. quite easily sometimes more than one burr hole but it drains off quite easily and, and simply and, and the patient's cured yeah, so it's uh, important, very important diagnosis. Uh, Absolutely, to, yeah. now to know about,
0: yeah. But you know, I mean, obviously we can look inside the brain now. We can use well, look inside the skull, not inside the brain. Well, can we look? I don't know. Anyway, uh, we can use MRI or we can use some form of scanning. Mm. But you just said, in, you know, in the Stone Age or the Iron Age or whenever it was that they trepanned each other, presumably they had no idea what was inside at all. No, well, it
1: just, presumably fits with. If, I imagine it was somebody having a fit. Well, this is the sort, you know. You imagine what would what would make somebody drill a hole in somebody. Well, if they kept having epileptic fits, then yes. they might say we've got to we've got to sort this out I somehow. To
0: release a spirit, or something yeah, maybe like that,
1: to, to release maybe, the yeah. evil spirit or whatever. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, but what's interesting is the bone healed around the edges of the wound, so they must have survived, yeah. and therefore also so implies they must though, have then? been nursed as well. Oh, and looked obviously. after mm.
0: but if you if you have a hole in your skull surely infection and anything can get into well, it well no or? because the
1: skin the skin heals up over it, over top of it so you don't actually need the
0: bone doesn't link together again does not it not
1: necessarily some people have a gap in their skulls if right. you think about babies when they're first born they have fontanelles which is a hole yeah. uh, before the skull's fused various different parts plates of the skull are fused
0: I always found that puzzling that mm. idea of the Baby skull being able to yeah yes, expand yeah.
1: they have a little soft spot don't they with babies when they they, they cough you can see the top of their scalp bulging oh, out yeah whoops he's just knocked
0: it's his microphone over that just it there shows might the, be a funny
1: noise the, there fine. the level
0: of professionalism is just astonishing in this room today uh, we're, well yeah. we're still in the kitchen so <laughs> no, we're still in the kitchen we're still we're doing pretty yeah. well uh, and each episode is uh, like twenty five pence uh, in uh, funding for it so uh, yeah we spend a lot of money on this year. It's, Highly valuable. Okay, and in fact, we are reaching very close towards the end of our 15 minutes there, Pete. Oh, um, these time, these um, 15
1: minutes... Diagnose this again. ...zip yeah. by. Well, we must get back to the blood circulation another time. Blood circulation is interesting, yeah.
0: Mm. I'd certainly want to know about that. Till
1: tomorrow. fella.
0: Join us next time for a discussion about the blood.